parts. Uh, the first 12 chapters focus on uh, the ministry of Peter. And so it navigates and follows Peter, and, and we see you know, different places that he has visited. And then uh, after chapter 12, it's kind of a transition, and we start focusing on uh, the Apostle Paul. And we, we will focus on the Apostle Paul from, from chapter 13 until the end of, until the end of chapter 28. Uh, so what we have been doing all year long is looking at this narrative we call this really a collection of sermon series uh, that we have called The Journey. Uh, it is a journey uh, that we have taken that begins with the writings of Luke, begins in the very beginning of Luke, and we had the journey of Jesus through his ministry in Galilee. And then we went from that sermon series to another one called The, the Journey to Jerusalem, and we followed Jesus through the gospel according to Luke uh, as we took that journey with Jesus to Jerusalem. And then Luke then follows that with the journey through the city of Jerusalem. And we had a third sermon series on that. Then we shifted to volume two, which is the book of Acts. And we have continued. We have two parts in the book of Acts. As I said, the first part is on Peter. Second part is on Paul. And now we're coming to that conclusion of, of really what is the fourth sermon series of the year, uh, all under the umbrella of the journey. And then we'll look at, at, at Paul uh, specifically through the months of July and August. Then in September and October, we're going to, we're going to kind of look at, so with all of that in mind, right, what, what should be our focus? What should be our, if we're looking at this journey and we've taken this journey together from Galilee to Jerusalem, through Jerusalem to you know, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the world, as we have taken this journey, what's our job? What, what is it? What follows Acts 28? And what follows that is we are Acts chapter 29. That's us. We are to follow Acts 28 with being on mission. So when we're finished with the book of Acts, come September and October, we will do 40 days of missional living. And we're going to look at the Great Commission, and we're going we're to see it uh, in a new light, and we're going to understand it as, 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 our, as our purpose as a church, that this is why we exist. This is what we're supposed to be doing. And then September, October, uh, after our 40 days of missional living, then we're back to November, December, and we're going to go all the way back to the beginning of Luke, and we're going to have the journey to Bethlehem and we're going to walk through Luke at the very beginning we actually skipped the first few chapters if you may remember back in January and that was intentional so that at the end of the year we're actually going to conclude with our journey to Bethlehem so all of this is uh, the whole year of series and a whole year of sermons have been very intentional and purposeful for us to to grow as a, as a church and to help us to understand why we exist so with that in mind, before we jump into our focal text this morning in Acts chapter 11, I want to remind us of a couple of, of events, the sequence of these events, because uh, some of the sequence of events that's occurred in the past few chapters are really quite significant, and I want to, to take note of that. Specifically in Acts uh, chapters 9 and 10, 
In Acts chapter 9, right at the very beginning, we see uh, an event that we often refer to as the road to Damascus. Uh, this is Saul, uh, who becomes the Apostle Paul, and he is converted to Christianity. In fact, you might say that Saul was an unlikely person to come to faith in Jesus because of his, his persecution of Christianity. You might, you might describe him that way. Many people have said he is like a very unlikely candidate, but yet it seems as though that's exactly whom God wanted. Because if we look closely, what happened right after the road to Damascus? We see Peter visits Joppa. You remember where Joppa is? Where's Joppa? Tel Aviv, southern part of Tel Aviv. And there he restored the life of Tabitha or Dorcas. And then Peter did what? He stayed in the home of a tanner. And then when we turn the page to chapter 10, we looked at this last week, Cornelius has a vision, uh, a visit by an angel, and Cornelius sends for Peter, who is at the house of the tanner in Tel Aviv or in Joppa. And Peter at the same time has a vision, and then Peter does what? Uh, Peter is obedient when these guys show up at the door. He goes with them, and Peter unlocks and opens up the door for the gospel to be preached to the Gentiles. Specifically, who did he preach to? Well, in this case, it was the Gentiles. The, Peter has now uh, opened up the door for the Jews to be saved, uh, the Jewish people in, in Jerusalem and, and beyond. And then he went and opened up the door for the Samaritans. Now, who are the Samaritans? The Samaritans, if you remember, those were people... Uh, who were Jewish, but yet they had married someone who was not a Jew. Um, they had children who were not Jews, so uh, they, they lived in a community of Samaria. They were known as Samaritans. They were looked down upon by the Jews because they, didn't, uh, because they married outside of the Jewish, uh, the Jewish uh, community. And then he opened up the door, Peter opens up the door for the Gentiles in Acts chapter 10. And Peter witnesses the Holy Spirit come and rest upon the Gentiles. In the same way that he saw Pentecost, in the same way that he saw God do this with, with, the, with the Jews, now he's seeing God do the same thing with the Gentiles, and, it, and it's mind-boggling to him. Now, that is, as far as sequence, those are some of the things that happen. But I also want us to consider timeline. I also want us to consider when did these things happen? Because we can read chapter 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. We can, we can go through the chapters in a relatively short amount of time. We can read them rather quickly, and we think that maybe these events happened back to back and maybe just as quick as we're reading them. But in fact, I want you to understand this, that by the time Peter gets to Cornelius and his household, and opens up the door for the Gentiles to be saved, it has already been seven to ten years since Pentecost. Almost an entire decade has gone by. And the only people during that time that had been saved were the Jews. There were Jewish Christians. That was it. There, that, that were being saved. And then, and then the door was opened for Samaritans. And ultimately here, but seven to ten years later, after Pentecost, it finally happens. Now, we know that it was prior to a famine. The reason we know that is because we're going to see it in the text that a famine is going to hit 
uh, Judea. It's going to hit that area. And we know that it's going to be during the time of Claudius Caesar. And he reigned just prior to Nero, and he reigned from 41 uh, to about the year 54. So we know the time frame. If Jesus died in what we say, you know, 33 AD, uh, and Claudius is now reigning from 41 to 54, then we know what? Ten years have gone by. About ten years have gone by. And so it's an incredible timeline that's taking place. Claudius is, by the way, he is Nero's adopted father. And the 11th chapter of Acts provides us with insight. And the insight that it provides us with helps us to really see as a church how we should treat one another. Um, people that are, up to this point, the only people in the church are people like yourself. It's not really a multicultural church just yet. It's going to become that, and that's God's plan. God wants that. He wants to see that. But it's not there yet. For years, it's only been the Jewish people. And then it was opened up to the Samaritans. Now, it is about to explode into a multi-ethnic church. That's God's plan. Every church should be like that. Every single church should be a multi-ethnic church. When we think about this, I want us to observe these three responses to the Gentile believers. And I want Acts chapter 11 to be our model. I want Acts chapter 11 to be our model for welcoming new believers into the church. So let's begin. Let's jump in with key point number one. Here it is. We should celebrate when anyone comes to faith in Christ. Now that almost seems like a no-brainer, right? <laughs> you, say, you read that and you're going, well, of course, pastor. We should always celebrate anytime someone comes to faith in Christ. Well, I want you to listen to what happens in Acts chapter 11. Let's look in Acts chapter 11, verse 1. It says, Now the apostles and brethren who were in Judea heard that the Gentiles had also received the word of God. Now, before we keep reading, what's your immediate thought? Your immediate thought is, well, praise the Lord. They're going to be, they're going to be excited, right? They're going to be happy to hear that this news has reached the Gentiles and that they have, they have given their lives to the Lord. And that's, surely that's what's going to happen, right? I mean, they're going to be glad to hear that the Gentiles have received the word of the Lord, right? Well, let's pick back up and see what happens. Verse 2, it says, And when Peter came up to Jerusalem, those of the circumcision, that's referring to the Jews, contended with him, saying, you went, in, you went in to uncircumcised men and ate with them? They were not happy. How crazy is that? Is that not just the craziest thing? Because, I mean, it, like I said, when you read key point number one, you're looking at it and you're going, that's a no-brainer, right? We're supposed to celebrate when people hear the word of God, no matter who they are. And we're supposed to celebrate that and celebrate with them. And yet, when Peter gets back to Jerusalem, they contended with him they contended with him what they were asserting their position of opposition they were the idea they're content they were ready to argue they're stating very clearly to peter i don't like this we don't like this and we're ready to to just we're ready to have it out we're ready to argue with you over this that's the idea and then Peter was like, hold up, wait a minute. 
You know, if you're a Family Force 5 fan, you'll follow that up with put a little love in it. Okay, if you don't know who Family Force 5 is, I apologize. Uh, you need to listen to that. But so here's Peter, like, hold up, wait a minute, put a little love in it. And then he explains what? The things that, that happened beginning at Joppa. Now, again, where's Joppa? Southern Tel Aviv, right? It's the southern part. Now, why is that important? Why do I keep saying that? Why is that important? The reason I keep saying that over and over, I think it's important for us to remember these are real events and real places and a real time period. And they're not just fantasy Bible stories that, that are, you know, like, like some nursery rhyme or, you know, some Disney story. It's more than that. Real events. These, these things really happened. Peter really did. He really did. He really went to Joppa. Joppa is, is southern Tel Aviv. We should know that. We should remember that. Why? Because it puts it into context that this, this stuff really happened. These aren't fictional stories with a moral lesson. They're historical events. <laughs> 